Hey everybody, it's Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com and we are pushing out our first podcast of the year because we took a hard look at the FFPC Dynasty cutdowns that happened yesterday and just at a high level, we want to you know just go over with you guys like where the collective minds are um, with the FFPC players in terms of you know who they had to cut down from their leagues because. The FFPC Dynasty Leagues, it, there's pretty short benches. Um, when you cut down the leagues, you have to cut it down to 16 players on a team, and one of them is a kicker in defense. So what I was able to do was take a snapshot of the rosters right after the season ended, and then what I did was I took another snapshot this afternoon of what the rosters looked like after the cutdowns. And so what I'm able to do now is give everybody an idea of what the cut rates were for certain players. Um, and we're going to go to different categories of those. And to help me do this is my partner from the FFPC pros versus Joe's dynasty league, Steven Polacek. You can follow him at Polacek FF on Twitter. That's P O L A C H E C K F F. And he's got a lot of good stuff out there. You probably want to follow him for, uh, you know, uh, dynasty-related content. That's pretty much what he focuses on. And he's much closer to the college game than I am, so that's why, you know, we partnered up, partnered up with Steven to, you know, the, just kind of help us with uh, with our dynasty team. So, Steven, go ahead and, and tell everybody, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Steven Palachek. Um, Like Darren said, I'm, I'm a huge dynasty nerd, uh, big college football follower, um, big focus on the NFL draft, all kinds of that content. I'm a Penn State grad, Jaguars, diehard, yes, we exist. Um, and, yeah, just dynasty nut really is the best way to put it. Yeah, and you're doing, you do a lot of the mock drafts um, prior to the NFL draft that I've seen you put out there, different versions of them. So um, if people follow you on Twitter, then uh, they can check those out if they, if they want, you know, just another – you know, take on where uh, where you think the players are going to go. So, yeah, and um, much much more of that to come as we get closer to the draft. More news coming out. Obviously, something like San Francisco moving up that changes a lot. And I'll just keep keep making them. Uh, and my, I just see mock drafts as a way to explore different outcomes of the draft. They're almost impossible to predict, but hey, it's fun, right? And as, as that happens, then, of course, that's going to have fantasy implications depending upon team needs um, based upon, you know, where they, they are currently slotted. You know, like the Eagles, for instance, you know, they were up at six. And we were kind of wondering what they were going to do there. Like, oh, maybe they'll get Kyle Pitts. But then they drop down and it's, it's you know, there's quite a bit of reshuffling going on. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. So, yeah, so uh, definitely check him out at Polacek FF on Twitter. And uh, so just a little bit before we get into the cutdowns, we do have our FFPC uh, pros versus Joe's dynasty league. And I just want to get a little bit of background about how that went for us last year. So we had, I forget where we picked, picked 11th. It, it was 11th. It was right. It was right before the turn. Yeah. So we had the 11th pick in the draft and in, in this league, just to give you guys an idea who, who we're competing against in there. Um, we got Rich Re Rich Hebar, Mike Nazarek, uh, the Brodo Fantasy guys, um, Drake Jordan, Dynasty Champ One, 
you know him. He's got a the interesting Twitter persona. And then FFP's players, uh, Biplab Mandel, Steve Cutright, who's a number cruncher, and a, a couple of those 26ers characters, uh, Kaz of the North and Saquon. So uh, actually I'll be heading up against those guys in the, uh, the Genesis League this year. Um, so I still don't know what 26ers is. Sorry, guys, but uh, you guys are a force to be reckoned with, apparently. So... Um, so we're going to do that. And yeah, so, uh, we ended up going with like a very heavy wide receiver, um, team. We ended up with, uh, we started Adams. To drive off with Devontae Adams and Deandre Hopkins. And, and the only reason for that was we pre-draft had determined a couple of like running back targets that we would take if they got to us and short story short, they didn't get to us. So we decided to zig when everybody zagged. We were the only ones to prioritize wide receivers early, um, so yeah. So we just kept hitting them, and then we we added Amari Cooper and Stefan Diggs, and we also added a Kenyon Drake pick in there because we didn't want to be left in the dust. Yeah, that was when uh, the world was much higher on Kenyon Drake than they probably should have been. So our our running back core was not <laughs> the greatest. We we doubled up with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, and and roll with those guys pretty much all year long mixing mixing in some we chased we chased the guys. vets of Mark Ingram and Le'Veon Bell <laughs> later on as as some oh we're the only ones who need running backs and we have all everybody else that we're going to be starting so yeah but we we managed actually we just barely snuck into the playoffs um mostly on the back of Taysom Hill who we picked up so we snuck in there i think we were the 6 seed we were the 6 and- of 6 Okay, and we got past the first week, and then the way the FFPC uh, championship works is it's a two-week sprint. And the f- the first week, I think we were we had like a, a pretty mediocre score. Um, I think we were four, we were either third or fourth. Mm-hmm. So we were just hoping, like, okay, well, if we get lucky, maybe we'll we'll cash and like you know maybe come in third. But then that was the week that Stefan Diggs went bananas, and we totally just had a monster week. And it turns out we ended up of like a point and a half out of winning the whole thing. So we ended up in second place, but I, I, I couldn't believe like, um, you know, we, we, had, had. we had the crazy. So that was week 16. It was a crazy Devonte Adams week. I think Hopkins yeah. had a boom game. Um, and then we, I remember sitting there, I think the Monday night game was the Patriots might've been the Sunday night game that we were because they missed an extra point they didn't get into the next scoring bracket of the team we were chasing who had the defense of the opponent. And because that extra point was missed, they kept those, I think it's something like five points that that would have swung it for us. Yeah. uh, yeah. It was stressful. They ended up getting defensive scoring. So it was like nine points instead of 10. And yeah, that missed extra point. It cost us, you know, a championship of that league, which we thought we had no business being in. Um, when we got in the playoffs, but you know, it just goes to show you just, just get in the playoffs and anything can happen. So uh, we're going to ride those receivers again this year and um, <laughs> see what happens now, as far as cutdowns went in our league, uh, th- nobody would like, we were really torn about dropping. Um, it was like Le'Veon Bell. And I think Taysom Hill was the one that I was kind of on the fence on, but, you know, you can't be going and carrying three quarterbacks. Uh, 
No, and for record, we the quarterbacks that we ended up holding on to were Matt Stafford and Daniel Jones. So not right. Stiffs, but right. I mean, that's that was the best of the bunch. And Stafford's situation, you know, really uh, improved based upon his his move to to LA. Um, so looking forward to that. And so we'll have the rookie draft to look forward to, where we have the eleventh pick again. Um, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit after the end of the show. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, so let's, um, let's get into the cut down. So, like I said, and I think this is the first time this has ever been done, uh, for the FFPC dynasty leagues. Now, like the, this was my first year in the previous year of, of being in dynasty. So that, which is good now for the FFPC community, because I'm going to be more dialed into, um, you know, the data around the dynasty leagues. And this is probably the, the first really unique thing that I've done. I don't think I've ever seen any sort of, you know, taking a macro level view of all of the leagues. And at the end of the season, I did, well, here's the, here's the ownership percentages of players across all the leagues. So you can see the players that were of people held, um, you know, in value. And now we're going to see like who they, you know, had to cut and, you know, could for different reasons, you know, we got some players who retire, like Phil Rivers was re- retired. Um, and, and then a lot of players, are just, their roles are just unknown, so they're getting rid of them uh, as well. Um, and then, of course, the usual old-school veterans that nobody seems to care about, like uh, I think Frank Gore was is pretty heavily up there. But so, yeah, so let's take a look. Um, now, I broke them into three categories of these cutdowns. Now, if you go to the website at fantasymojo.com, I'll have the complete master list posted there with a summary and the way i broke it down was I, i'll show you how many leagues the the player was rostered in before cutdowns, after cutdowns, and how many were dropped across the board in the 563 leagues that we surveyed and then we'll like what the drop rates were so the drop rate's going to give you sort of the you know the confidence level of of, of the players um in in maintaining rostering those guys um so yeah let's look at the undesirables first so the way we came up with this list is it, I looked at any player that was 90% or more rostered across all the leagues and then, you know, kind of, kind of worked my way down as to who got dropped the most. So the guys who were held the most, but then got dumped the most. So these are the undesirables. Um, so at the top we had Wayne Gallman and uh, I think, See, some of these guys were rostered because, you know, of, of late seat. There was like late season scenarios um, that 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 led to them being rostered. So you had Saquon in a lot of leagues. So was, was mm-hmm. Gallman rolling at the end of the year? Was, was Gallman, that- Gallman had a, a great stretch through the middle of the season that was like uh, he was just kind of doing a geez, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it was like. He was getting touchdowns, so he was relevant week after week after week. And just on volume, I know in, I believe, a half PPR, he was around like 13-ish points a week. And that's just, that gets picked up off of waivers if you do that for six straight weeks. But he had pretty much all of the opportunity there besides the weeks that they were holding out hope for Devonta Freeman. So it makes sense that he ended up on a lot of the rosters. But going into next year, he obviously doesn't have that same role with Barkley coming back. And I Gallman might be a free agent. I'm not sure. I'm not, not sure if he's signed. But uh, yeah, so but he he was dropped in for over 450 leagues. So he was the most dropped player. Now after him, 
Uh, and we're not going to go through every single guy, but just some of the guys that are more interesting. Lynn Bowden, he was like a cheat code. Now, this year, he's he's they, they have him listed as a wide receiver. But last year, and this is a guy even we picked up on our team. You had him in there as a running back. So everybody went out there and rostered Lynn Bowden because you were getting a receiver, you know, point totals out of the running back slot. So uh, he Which was booms for us, a team who was desperate for running back. So to play a not even a real running back in that position mattered a ton for us. Yeah, we needed him big time. Um, but uh, yeah, he's the second most cut guy. So as a wide receiver, he doesn't have that that position appeal. Um, so he's an 83% cut rate. Uh, going down, let's see like that. Like Gio Bernard is an interesting one. Um, which is, yeah, I mean, as a running back, it, he's still going to be the backup to Mixon. I know he's... Is he a free agent? I, I, I'm not sure, but I know that there's been talk of, of a lot of teams calling on Gio Bernard. He's, he's still there. I think he's – the rumor is he's a potential cap casualty with the salary cap coming down. Um, so I think teams are calling just to see if they could get him at at a very cheap price. Um, that's It's definitely a manageable contract, but for a, a team like Cincinnati who's chasing youth and trying to build a team around Joe Burrow – it doesn't make sense for them to keep a decently well-paid backup running back when they just paid Joe Mixon. So, right. and that's also it. Mixon's back, so his role goes down. Yeah, a ton too. and people are drafting him again, and it just every time I draft him, uh, I know you're not supposed to have like a bias against a player like that, but it, it never seems to work. Ever since his diarrhea game in Miami, which uh, <laughs> I don't, I'll never forget that one. Um, so. Yeah, so Gio, and then after him, it, it's Dalton Schultz, who had, a, you know, as a, in a tight end premium league, he had a good season. Uh, it had actually had a great season um, with the absence of Blake Jarwin. But, uh, you know, people are just dumping him here. Uh, he's got a 72% drop rate. He's dropped in almost 400 of the leagues. So um, I'm not convinced personally that Jarwin's just going to step back in and, and you know, um, Assume the monster share of, of, of tight end targets. I, I still think Schultz might have some value, but I guess when push comes to so shove here uh, with the cutdowns, he's, he's a guy that people felt had to go. Um, who else we got? Uh, Russell Gage. There's, mostly there's, what we're seeing here is, is wide receivers. People in general are, are going to be more apt to, to dump wide receivers rather than running backs because they're just going to hoard running backs and hold all to them if, if they can. Because um, it's easy to get in the FFPC. If you're only starting two wide receivers, you can pick up a wide receiver pretty much any week to help you start, which is not the case with a running back. Um, so Russell Gage is, uh, you know, worthwhile to have, assuming you had a 20-man roster, but he's a guy that they had to cut. Um you see any other guy? Any other guys here on the undesirables that uh, are of Josh Kelly's one? Now here's the other thing: not everybody waited to the last day to make the cut down. Some people were, were preemptively cutting down players. Now with Josh Kelly, he actually has maybe a little bit more value now because Kalen Balage um, signed with the Steelers, so. He might have been dropped maybe by more teams than you know they had they had hoped. And there's another guy who uh, Mike Davis was another one who 
Mm-hmm. He's not on this list, but he fits that profile of people might have preemptively dropped Mike Davis, but then he ends up in a, a decent landing spot. Um, yeah, he's he's actually down at the very bottom of our list here. He was dropped in uh, 21.5% of leagues over, or it was 121 different leagues, dropped Mike Davis, mm-hmm. uh, who's currently the lead running back in Atlanta. So who knows if that holds up through the draft, but it seems like he's got a great opportunity ahead of him right now. Um, so we'll yeah, see. He's, he's being drafted like in the eighth round of best ball leagues right now. So as a mm-hmm. running back, he has appeal. Um, but I think a lot of these drops might have happened uh, prior to him signing with Atlanta. But you got to figure Atlanta is going to draft it back. So um, the same exact thing happened with Mike Davis a few years ago when he signed with Chicago. And I remember drafting him in the eighth round. And then, um, you know, it didn't pan out for him. But it looked like a great spot at the time. So it's kind of the same situation with him. Um also, in terms of just surprising, just some names that that pop up here, um, I want to highlight KJ Hamler getting dropped in forty-seven percent of leagues. He's second-round pick for Denver last year when they doubled up on wide receiver. You have to think that opportunity will increase if they address a better quarterback in the draft. Obviously, if if Locke gets upgraded into one of these one of these new quarterbacks, I don't I don't see a reason why Hamler won't be on the field. I think. Kind of to your point earlier, wide receivers, you can come and go on wide receivers, but I think a, a high draft capital on a on a player like Hamler at his Who's year, young, I should yeah, say. As, as a young player as well. I mean, we're talking dynasty. So um, for that reason alone, it, it, he has additional appeal. Um, he's more, to me, he's more of a best ball guy. He kind of mm-hmm. reminds me, he has like that Deshaun Jackson profile of he's going to have some big games. Um but with Judy and Sutton both there, you know, he's, he's going to be sort of a, the third option, but still. Um, yeah. And he, heck, you can even say he might be the fourth option in, in the passing game with factoring, you know, a fan to there. Right. As well. Yeah. Um, the, the only quarterback that popped up on this list is Jared Goff. But I think that makes sense because we are in a, it is a one quarterback league. He obviously went from, the high-powered Los Angeles offense to Detroit, who seems to be facing a rebuild, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, yeah, so he he was he was the the quarterback that people were most willing to uh, to dump there. Almost he dropped almost fifty percent of of the teams. Um, got rid of him. Nelson Aguilar, he's sitting there. Yeah, so. he's he's dropped in thirty-seven percent of leagues there. Um, obviously I think the paycheck that new England gave him, I, I think targets have to follow that. You don't pay somebody that much to just hang around on the field. I think he's a steal. He's a steal for a free waiver pickup at this point. Right. And a lot of these guys, you know, well, we'll see what happens when the rookie drafts start, but you get into the later rounds of those rookie drafts and, and people will start to grab some of these, uh, productive veterans. Um, and Aguilar, you know, he's he's still sort of a young guy. Um, and, and two more names of those productive veterans that I see further down are T.Y. Hilton and Marvin Jones, both guys who got, I want to say, very very good opportunities where they're either going to be the the one or two in their offense, um, not necessarily going to be high powered wide receivers, but if you're a contending team trying to win now, those are the types of guys you're looking for. Marvin Jones is 
Marvin Jones is awesome. Is is the way to put it. He he can he can score a lot of touchdowns, and that will win you weeks. So. And so he's with uh, well, you're you're a big Trevor Lawrence guy, <laughs> so yes, he may end up on uh, your teams if if you have that uh, that home. Marvin Jones going. is available in a league with me. He will be on my team. That's right that's for sure. You got um, Antonio Brown is one. And now we have Antonio Brown. We chose to keep him. Um, he was dropped by a fifth of of his his owners. So. For us, it seemed like he was worth the risk to to, to roster still, but de- depending upon you know where he lands, um, hopefully, I guess the best spot really would be if he stays with with, with Tampa Bay. I, I heard you know you see some stuff. Maybe he's going to go to Seattle. Um, the news as of today was he's been talking to Tampa Bay, but the money's not close. That they offered him essentially the same deal. I think it's one year, two mil, two million. Uh, and he wants something more along the lines of the between four and eight million that the other like-minded vets of Hilton and Sammy Watkins got. So we'll see. But yeah, I think you're exactly right. His best spot is to stay right there in Tampa, where he's going to get a handful of targets. And we saw how it worked out last year. He, I don't. I think we started him a couple weeks. And a couple he weeks. I, he, he had well, he was out the one postseason game, but uh, you know, it. it He's definitely a good fill-in for bye weeks. For sure. Um, so, but again, wide receivers, you know, people are just taking their chances. Now, J.D. McKissick was a guy. He's also 20% dropped. And it's interesting with Fitzpatrick there. I guess the thought is he's not going to be seeing the dump-offs like he did with uh, Alex Smith running the show. So, um, And, and there was a, a crazy amount of his production came from uh, when Alex Smith came onto the field, McKissick's targets were somewhere in like 13 a week. It was something crazy like that. So it makes a lot of sense that that number is going to go down with the change in quarterback. Now that doesn't mean McKissick's not going to be fantasy relevant, but at the same time, it's not going to be, you can't expect 2020 to replicate itself with, right. with Fitzpatrick. So, And a lot of that production was game script dependent with them you know, playing from behind and they've added so much talent to their offense. They'll probably be in less of a position to, uh, you know, to, to have to keep them out there. Um, Antonio sure. Gibson's probably running the show for, for <laughs> most of the part. So that's, that's the plan. I'm, I'm, I'm in the best for more Gibson targets. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. He's been going and he's been going like early second round um, missed out on McKissick, but uh, I think I got enough. I've been hitting the rookies pretty hard over in the best ball world. Um, because once think, they have, I think it, in my in my experience, not that that's any lengthy amount in best balls, but the rookies the rookies will shoot up once they get their landing spots and people know where they're going to be. So their value is either going to fluctuate way up or way down on draft capital. I think now is the t- if if you know what you're doing in terms of rookies, or you, you don't even have to be super knowledgeable about them, but just knowing what you're getting in each one, you can you can build a great team out of, out of the rookies for cheap right now. Right. And, and I've mentioned this on other podcasts. I was in the draft charts podcast. I've done some analysis on if, and the best ball team of, I, I took a look at what the win rates were for teams who drafted rookies prior to the NFL draft. And it was really bad. If, if you steered clear of rookie, if you just drafted zero or one rookie on your team, you had like a sub 5% win rate. 
um, the the peak or the, the, the optimal uh, number was like four or five over the I did this for like three years so four or five seems to be the sweet spot um, and I'm seeing win rates of like 13 14 percent because like last year I mean people are getting Justin Jefferson in the 18th round it was, it was ridiculous so you can get like a league winner that late it's um, like you said you don't really have to know too much about him just throw him on the know a little bit throw him on the roster and then just take advantage of this time of the season where you can um, you know get some good ROI on those guys as opposed to drafting like you know, veterans, you know, you could throw like, uh, like the Nelson Aguilar's or the, you know, kind of know what you're getting, but the ceiling is not potentially what it could be. Um, with some in, of these instead of taking a shot on whatever the heck the Texans backfield is going to be, just draft a rookie running back and hope that they James Robinson or Antonio Gibson their way into a crazy amount of carries. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. So uh, I think uh, as far as the undesirables go, actually, here's what Eric, Rob, Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> Gronk is 20% dropped uh, in a tight end premium format. That's that's kind of interesting that that many people cut him. Um, and his counterpart, OJ Howard, was at a 32% drop rate as well, which yeah. reports are reports are that he is healthy and, and moving again. We're obviously far away from the season, but that's a good sign because he's coming off an Achilles injury, which right. is serious. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I doubt that you know, I, I always doubt the Achilles. There's like, it's very rare that anybody comes back and is productive um, from that in the next year. Hey, yep. Jared Cook is on here too. Um, He got a really desirable landing spot in Los Angeles for the chargers. Um, yeah, forty three. He was productive last year, still. Yeah, I, I, I've uh, grabbed him in quite a few best ball leagues. Forty three percent drop rate for Jared Cook. That's um, that's surprising. But those are the like I said, these are the un, these are the quote unquote undesirables in terms of of drop rate. So some surprising stuff. Um, so let's hop over to the next batch of players. The, these are the untouchables. So these are the guys that are 90% owned in dynasty leagues that nobody dropped. And of course there's going to be the superstar names that, you know, it, it won't be surprising. So I guess what we're looking for here is, is maybe some guys that people held on to, you know, regardless that is a little bit surprising. Um, yeah, I think one, one thing to, to quick highlight, there's only, eight quarterbacks that had a hundred percent kept rate. And there's only eight tight ends as well that had a hundred percent kept rate. So I don't yeah. know what it tells you, but interesting well, those, those are the that. onesie positions. So people are willing to, you know, go thin at those and just drop. And I think I was listening to the goat district podcast and they were um, also advising that, it, it doesn't really make sense to carry two quarterbacks simply because that second quarterback, you can just pick up in your rookie draft. So it's better to maybe hold on to an extra running back or somebody who has the potential to sort of um, pop as opposed to holding under a quarterback because they're so replaceable. Uh, that's, that's probably why we see that, but um but yeah, so the eight quarterbacks that nobody dropped are Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, 
Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. If, if they're not on that list, then uh, somebody may have dropped one of the other quarterbacks in your particular league, uh, if you're listening to this. And as far as tight ends go, Dallas Goddard was not dropped. 100%. And now we have Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I held him in that high regard that he would be like, I mean, he was, he was, we were not dropping him, but the, the fact that nobody dropped him in any FFPC dynasty league is really kind of surprising to me because I saw, and, and if we get, you know, this is looking ahead to the surprises people dropped Evan Ingram in a, in a handful of leagues. So, um, and that's strange. So yeah, Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Mike Gusecki, nobody dropped. Uh, Fant, Hawkinson, and Kelsey. So those were the only guys that were retained 100% across the board. So that's that's kind of interesting. Um, and people can check out on the site the the, the rest of the, the other lists here of, of the, the running backs and, and wide receivers. Um, that were 100%. You'll be able to go onto the page and sort by uh, cut rate, and you'll see these players pretty easily. And going um, through going through the the positional players, the those three, you call them the tours, where you've got like running backs and wide receivers. It's pretty much your your top ADP kind of guys. Though they're all the names that you know. I think looking through, there's not really any major surprises. I guess in running back, Chase Edmonds was kept in every single league. But outside of that, it, it seems to be about like the top 20, 22 in ADP. Um, all the the normal cast of characters. Josh Jacobs was kept everywhere, which as they should, but still worth noting. Yeah, his... Uh... The shine came off of him a little bit when they when they picked up Kenyon Drake, um, James Robinson. Everybody kept too. Now that's I guess there's, I guess it's quieted down. Yeah, you're closer to the the Jaguars situation, but the fact that they didn't add a free agent running back of significance really sort of played in his favor. Um, the only, kept- they they added Carlos Hyde, who played for Urban Meyer back at Ohio State, and he was with the Jags before and i i think that's nothing more than a depth piece to keep robinson on the field as a change of pace just because he had some absurd 95 percent snap share or something something crazy like that that he obviously if he's going to be the running back of the jaguars for the next four years they can't maintain that they need somebody else to even just take just take the the first down work away from him just keep him keep him on the field right that's that's McCaffrey level usage there, ninety five percent. Yeah, and we saw it happen to McCaffrey, so he broke down after uh, two years of that that usage. So, yeah, if if they can mix somebody in there, that's probably good for for Robinson. We'll see if they draft somebody. Um, that that'd be the next hurdle for him. They do have run. they have plenty of picks. They have uh, seven picks in the first four rounds, including two first, two seconds. Uh, I believe one third and then two fourths. So hmm. there's plenty of availability in, in taking a running back. Although we can talk about this later, this running back class is pretty shallow. So we'll see. Yeah, and there'll be a lot of movement after the draft. I mean, even though you know people may have kept a hold of these guys 100, 
um, situations will change based upon who teams add, and then actually trading opens back up. So today, so yesterday was the, the cut down deadline. Today, FFPC locked down the rosters because they needed to go into every league and check to make sure that people did the cut downs. And if you didn't do the cut downs, then they're going to do them for you. And in fact, in our, our pros versus Joe's league, I saw Mr. Dynasty champ one uh, did not do his cut downs. So there's transactions from 4 a.m. this morning. I guess, I don't know. They must have some algorithm of who to drop. And uh, Travis Fulgham, I mean, it was nobody like really, you know, significant, but um, yeah, so, but he didn't have a, a choice in the matter. They just went and trimmed, you know, the six guys from his roster. So, uh, so that's what will happen to you. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, after the draft, uh, scenarios will change and, and, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, so that's the untouchables. Now, the final list, th those, these are the surprises. These are the guys who are, what, how did I do this? I think they we started like 80% ownership, at least 80%. And then I kind of just, I, I handpicked, I think that if they were 5% or less dropped, these, that's kind of indicative of these are the guys people probably wanted to hold on to. But we really, for, really forced our hand and had to to drop them. Now, the the first guy on this list is Drew Brees, which I don't know why anybody still has him on his roster because he retired. But <laughs> for the, I I just put him down as a surprise because I don't know because Philip Rivers was dropped. Um, I think a hundred percent was he? I forget. I have to look at the list. Drew, there's according to our numbers here, there's still four owners that still have Drew Brees on their roster, right. which in a one court, one quarterback league, it doesn't even make sense for him to be on that roster to begin with, with him not performing well last season. So yeah. So I don't know what these people were thinking. Um, Philip Rivers was in 344 leagues and got cut in all 344 leagues. But for some reason, four sentimental individuals are hanging on <laughs> to Drew Brees taking they up a roster spot. Fans. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Okay, so Drew Brees aside, four names. Um, there were four quarterbacks that were were rarely dropped. I'll let you go through these. Tell me what you think of these four guys um, that were held on to uh, for the most part. Yeah, so so the recurring theme here is they're all pretty young. Um, we'll start at the top here. Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he was dropped in 24 leagues, which is 4%. Now, obviously, we had the news that San Francisco moved up to three and Miami dropped down to six before the cut deadline. So that's surprising because Miami did kind of commit to Tua, at least through this next season, by not leaving themselves in the quarterback, what do you want to call it, launch zone at three. So that was something that we knew. We also knew the Eagles trading down to 12 because that leads us into the next one, Jalen Hurts, who's dropped in only three leagues. Um, so if you're in those three leagues, just check to see if Jalen Hurts is there because he's a steal. He fits the mold of the Konami Code quarterback with his rushing ability. Um, and then Joe Burrow was dropped in two leagues. We'll see. Uh, I don't – one quarterback league, he kind of fits – is he going to be the next star? I don't know. For fantasy-wise, he may or may not be, but it's not 
a sure thing fantasy wise. I keep saying fantasy wise. He doesn't have that high rushing ability that Jalen Hurts does. Hurts gets you those crazy amount of points from the rushing yards. Burrow is is more so in the arm. Not that he can't run, but and then the last one, there was one person who dropped Deshaun Watson. Um, regardless of what you think of his situation, somebody decided that it was not worth to keep him. Um, but I think because he was top five quarterback over the last three years, I think he's worthy of holding on to. So whoever that one person was, I guess they're just, I think they would, would have been able to move him for really a lot of the, I want to say mid tier guys. There's a lot of people looking to just cash out on Deshaun Watson and not ride that wave. I know I traded him away in a dynasty league this past week. So I would have thought that more people would have dropped him though, just based upon that, you know, you don't really know, like, so you got Antonio Brown running around, who there's a lot of questions about, and he was like one of the twenty percent dropped. I just thought, like, you know, only one team, you know, dropped him. I would have thought there would have been a little bit more, given the uncertainty. Think, and yeah, I think they're just following the fact that he was he's been a top five quarterback over the last three years, which is just crazy consistency, and he's only twenty five years old, but. He might not play for the next year, two years, depending on if he gets out of Houston or suspension, whatever comes of this crazy, complicated situation. Right. And even if you're carrying one quarterback on your dynasty team and it's Deshaun Watson, I I guess, you know, you'll get somebody else. So I guess in that sense, he's just it's worth the risk of of holding on to him um, because the upside is there. Mm -hmm. Um, So those were the quarterbacks that were tough cuts for people. Now for running backs that were the tough cuts. So David Johnson, only 12 teams dropped him. I, I thought he's another guy. I thought more people would have, would have let go. I, I would have thought that number would have been a lot higher with the thought that Houston's kind of grabbing every aging middle, middle to low tier veteran and just, going to let them play and build the best team out of what they got. I, I personally want no part of that Houston backfield, not even trying to predict who's going to get any kind of carries. Um, he obviously took a pay cut to stay with the team this year, but I, I would have expected that to be a lot higher than just 12 teams, which is only 2%. Right. Especially, I mean, running backs are a value, but it, it almost doesn't make sense to, have a guy on the wrong side of the age curve on a bad football team. Who's got questionable carries. It's not even like the volumes guaranteed. Like it was last year. Right. You don't even have any idea. So, yeah. So, well, the only 12, but in those leagues, depending on what happens when, by the time the rookie drafts roll around, um, we'll see if he gets drafted. So Kenyon Drake. Now we own Kenyon Drake. Uh, I guess in one sense, it's, it validates, that we held on to him. We didn't really have much of a choice though, because our, our running back is, is our course is pretty thin. Only 11 teams dropped Kenyon Drake, even though he's going to play second fiddle in theory to Josh Jacobs. Um, maybe he plays the pass catching role. I'm not, maybe it'd be 50, 50 split, but uh, yeah, just the, for the majority of people chose to, to keep him 11, you know, let him loose. So depending on how that develops, it's it's not really going to be resolved uh, by the time the rookie draft, so people will probably just pick him up. Um, Zach Moss 
had, was dropped in nine leagues. Raheem Mostert dropped in eight leagues. The infamous Tony Pollard, the the, the golden child, <laughs> was dropped in eight leagues. Leonard Fournette dropped in four leagues. And he's a guy, you know. So we've got Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones both on this list. So Ron, Ronald Jones... <laughs> Ronald Jones was only dropped in one league. He's another guy I thought might have been dropped in, in more, with especially with Fournette resigning there. But uh, people love their Ronald Jones, apparently. I think this list just kind of speaks to how how much value there is being held in the running back position. I know we tried to – I threw some offers out to just see if I could get any sort of counters on what's the price on running backs um, and, and really – it was almost as if nobody wanted to even discuss trading them. So it's, it's tough. And I guess all these numbers being super low on all these guys, I guess that just tells you yeah, how they, high they, value they are. And the other, the other point to this is some of these names where you might think, why the heck are four people dropping Leonard Fournette or uh, dropping Tony Pollard? We also don't, we haven't looked at what the rest of their teams were. These could be teams that this is their fifth, sixth running back on it. Right. They were just, slamming running backs in their draft that they just decided not to keep but yeah it's tough, case by case basis tough tough choices they had to make miles gaskin there's a couple people that had to drop him uh, aj dillon i guess uh people aren't giving up on him the only one to only one league they dropped aj dillon so uh, that that was a tough cut so uh, let's look at the wide receivers here let's go down Marquise Brown and, and nobody here is like really amazing. Um, I think I think there's a there's a couple of of I want to say value valuable guys here that ended up getting dropped in just a couple leagues, nothing more than fifteen. Um, but someone like Robbie Anderson, who's now now that Curtis Samuel's gone, it, it's and maybe a new quarterback coming to town. I think there's value to be had there. Corey Davis got a decent paycheck from New York, which will be followed by targets and his uh, alpha counterpart, Denzel Mims was dropped in 11 leagues. So assuming they're taking Zach Wilson, that can only mean good things for those wide receivers. And I, I think there's serious value to be had there, but I guess they just don't hold the same. I, I, I think these, this number is a little bit too high, but at the same time, Teams like ours, where we have a crazy amount of wide receiver depth, if, if we had two more of these types of players, we'd probably be cutting them anyways to be stashing our running back. So it makes it does right. make sense to see some of these names and some of these. I want to call them well, they are the second years, um, but Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs, Michael Pittman, Lavisca Chenault all appear on this list to some somebody dropped them, even though they all still have decent upside. It's not like any of them were complete busts. Maybe Henry right. Ruggs, but yeah, they they could go very high in, in a rookie draft. Um, I'll have to take a look. It's it's rare. So, so at, on the site, I actually have every um, draft board from last year's rookie draft. So I did go back and take a look at those to kind of gauge where you know veterans kind of mixed into those rookie drafts, and, and depending upon the league, you know, so second round. Um, if, if if for instance. Like Michael Pittman is 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 pretty highly regarded um, as a wide receiver, 
as a young wide receiver, a good dynasty prospect. So he might be a guy who could go maybe in the second or third round of, of, of these leagues where he was actually dropped. Um, so yeah, people need to go, I mean, ba- based on this list, people need to, to get on their leagues, look at the transaction page and see if any of these guys were dropped. Uh, I saw a couple, there was a couple surprising names in, in our league, um, that, that could be valuable. Um, but uh, we'll see where we land. Um, definitely, definitely take a look because they're they're seriously these are some names that in I want to say a standard dynasty league are going would be traded for like a late first early second round pick. So in your rookie draft, I'm sure you can if you can steal one for your pick in that in that area, it's definitely worth a look. Yeah, absolutely. So it, and that that takes us to the tight ends here. So again, this is given. FFPC is tight end premium. When I read these names out, you may be surprised that people cut these guys. Now, one of the guys is Evan Ingram, who, you know, we, we traded our, a, a second round 2022 pick for Evan Ingram. Um, so I, I think he's going to have positive regression this year. Um, now, the signing of Kenny Galladay adds another uh, – person to that mix but still i mean as a tight end the the guy was like the fourth highest targeted tight end last year um uh, very nearly the third i think he was only a couple catches behind i forget who was the third um but yeah we 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 gave up a second round pick in 2022 for evan ingram here and then here i see he was dropped in four leagues which was surprising so um go, go ahead run down the tight end names here yeah, and I, I think a point to to Ingram is his targets will will probably see a decrease with Galladay and Saquon coming back, but I think the the quality of target will go up. That team's going to score more. They're going to move the ball more. Hopefully, Daniel Jones takes a step forward with other weapons. Like that's he, just a, a he only had to one Ingram. touchdown last year. Well, he ran one in as well, but he only had one touchdown receiving. So you figure that if the team is, you know, evolving and heading in the right direction. Um, that's gotta be, you'd think like four or five touchdowns this year, at least. And, and to a, to a tight end position, that's so barren. That's huge. That can launch him up into like the top five conversation. So we'll see. Um, in terms of names that got cut in 5% of leagues, Zach Ertz gets cut. Um, that's interesting, but understandable with his regression. The name that I'm really surprised with is next is Cole Komet getting dropped in 21 different leagues as a tight end premium league. He was second round pick to Chicago last year, who obviously likes to throw to the tight end. Now we're, we're changing quarterbacks, but it's still the same coaching staff, but they invested a lot into him. And for a tight end premium dynasty, it almost doesn't make sense for him to be dropped to waivers. um, Especially with, like I said, how barren it is. Um, Other names, Hayden Hurst dropped in 10, Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry each dropped. Logan Thomas, Robert Tunyon, and Irv Smith all got dropped somewhere. Yeah, I can't believe Logan Thomas got dropped. I mean, he's he's a guy that I, I he's one of the, the the ascending tight ends. That's I think he's tight end seven or eight in best the, ball drafts right now. The only thing with Thomas is, although he is, a, and it's same thing with Tunyon. Although they are a new name, they're a little bit on a little bit higher up on the age. I think Tunyon's like 27. Thomas is like 28. Um, obviously, we know 
tight ends take a bit to break out. It's not like Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey are young bucks either, but at the same time, they are, they are just emerging and the team Washington knows that they have a tight end now is the point. Um, Thomas, Thomas was good. He scored a lot last year. That's there's not really much more to say on, on him. It's surprising that in a premium league, people are letting these tight ends free, free to the market. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of surprising, but so that wraps up the, uh, the, the list of surprises. Um, so again, folks go and look at your transaction list and see who has popped up and then check out, uh, um, see maybe somebody's worth pursuing in your rookie draft. So leading into the rookie drafts, um, I guess that's our, our next subject at hand. Um, so that's going to be the beginning of May. We've got a month here. People could start trading again. I don't know that we're really looking to make any moves. Um, maybe we could, you know, I guess it depends. Like as, as we get close, because now they're going to have the pro days. Player valuations are changing um, almost daily right now. So if we were to like just kind of project and, and you've done so good bit of mock drafting at the 11th spot. It looks like we're probably looking at wide receivers in that spot. Maybe one of the, the second or third tier running backs as well could be hanging out there. Like I saw, I think Kenneth Gainwell is maybe a running back that, that could be considered there. We'll know when we draft because that's going to happen after the NFL draft. Like what, what team, um, mm-hmm. He's going to be on, or, or any of these guys. Uh, I don't want to tip my hand because I know a lot of my teammates are are listening, um, <laughs> or my, my league mates are listening. But uh, so it, it could get turned upside down. Now Kyle Pitts, I want to see where this guy goes. I think he could go one on one. Very possible in a lot of these these rookie drafts. Uh, but we'll see. You know, we've got we still got a month to go. I think the the biggest thing to keep in mind is that the the NFL evaluates players differently than us fantasy people evaluate players and la- and draft capital will change change everybody's mind. I think last year it was pretty consensus that Clyde Edwards-Alaire was was down in 5th, 6th, 7th favorite running back of of most people and then he ended up being the fir- first and only running back taken in the first round. And all of a sudden he became the 101 in the majority of rookie drafts. And that's just something like that could happen. Who the heck knows if, if Kylan Hill or uh, Chuba Hubbard get shot up because they get taken in the first, second round, that's going to change boards dramatically and just push somebody, push somebody else back down to us. Now I think at 11, we're, we're probably out of the Najee, ETN and Javante territory. So we are looking at, at those those types of players in that range, Gainwell, Sermon, um, geez, Jefferson, just names off the top of my head. So we'll see. But yeah, I've been seeing some buzz. Trey Sermon is is being eyed up by uh, by the Steelers. Um, but we'll see. And and some of those top guys could could fall as well. You know. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a huge huge fan of Javante Williams, but his his I believe it was like a four, five, eight, something 40. He was in, in, in that ballpark. I think that's what it sounds like is the NFL is a little bit 
less high on him than us fantasy people are. And if that turns into him going to the third round and gets stuck in an unfavorable situation, he all, all of a sudden can start plummeting down in rookie drafts because nobody wants to, if he ends up say like new Orleans, obviously he's not going to be, he's not going to be a lead back with Alvin Kamara still in town. Right. So he'll still have value, but he'll slide. And I think, the board is going to change like crazy the moment we get some landing spots on guys, but we are looking at probably those. I want to say real NFL draft late first round wide receiver types. So right. we're probably in the territory of, of Bateman and uh, I, I love Amon Ra, but we'll see. Yeah. So, and so for people listening, I was saying like 98% of dynasty leagues um, rookie drafts will happen at the beginning of May when ours, when our does. And, and so what they'll do is they'll stagger the, the draft, the start times on those. I think it's usually on a Saturday. And so they'll just start to, to roll them out over the course of that morning. But there are a handful of drafts that, and I don't even know why this is, I think there's some of like the there are the original dynasty leagues of the FFPC. Those actually kick off two or three days before, um, in at the at, at the end of April. Um, so we'll actually have those to check out. And I get a lot of uh, a lot of the people who subscribe to FantasyMojo.com really just do it for the dynasty intel because I have all the boards and I'm running the ADP. Um, on these rookie drafts and um, it's it's really sort of an invaluable uh, you know uh, insight into what's going to be happening in these rookie drafts and uh, I'll even refresh the boards like usually when I do the boards refreshing I'll do them like once in the morning once in the evening but I'm literally running them like every hour on that on the on that weekend um, because it's so critical uh, to, to keep up um, with with what's going on in the other leagues. So I'm looking forward to that as it's it's going to be my first rookie draft um, at the FFBC. So I may even come up with some other, you know, uh, visuals. I, I I'm big on, on I've been using a Tableau to to put together some of these stack explorers. I did that last year for football guys and the main event, and um, I may do some of that um, this year around the rookie drafts. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so that's pretty much it. Uh, like I said, people should get over to fantasymojo.com. We have the draft boards going right now. Uh, ADP for basically every format that's going on. And, of course, you can check out this this Dynasty Cutdown uh, analysis summary. And uh, follow my friend Steven here at FF. And um, I guess that's going to be it. So we'll, uh, we'll try to get another pot out when we have something worthy of podcasting about, I don't do them on a regular basis. Um, but when I do them, it's, it's, it's definitely worth your while. So uh, thanks for coming on Steven. And uh, we will talk strategy about our upcoming dynasty draft uh, in the coming weeks. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. All right.